Hello, I am Matthew. Oh my god, my name is Douglas. Hi, I'm Malavika. And you're listening to Go, Go International! On this show, we'll be interviewing our international friends. Find out more about their home countries and perceptions of Singapore. Since you can't travel physically, why not travel through their experiences? On Radio, Radio Pulse, Pulse, the sound of NUS! Woo! Hi everyone, um, welcome back to another episode of Go International. With me here today are... Malabeka And Matthew. And we've got a completely new guest who will be coming right after this section. But before that, how have you guys been doing this week? So it's been... The last two weeks were quite hectic because recess week and week seven. And I think as every NUS student knows, these two weeks are super, super packed with studying for midterms. So maybe we can go around and share how our midterms have been. Oh, midterms are okay. So yes, yesterday I just finished two midterms in a day. Um, uh, my second midterm was interesting because I didn't see there's a last 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 page to the to the paper. Oh, no, so I completely missed Dude. ten marks. So um, it's a bit tragic. But uh, overall, it's been okay. Actually, my midterms aren't over. They're still next week for me. So bless me. <laughs> How about you, Dada? <laughs> well, I swear, Matthew, leaving out the, like the last page is such a, a PSLE nightmare. Right. <laughs> so the funny thing is that I've submitted my, my assignment already. I was like very happy. Then everybody was talking about it after the paper. I was like, wait, there's a last question. I was just like, oh. <laughs> you're such a classic PSLE nightmare. Yeah. Oh, well. But, yeah, Douglas, how are you? I think for me, it's been pretty tough as well because... um. All my all my um examination well they're not exactly examinations you see because all the modules that I'm taking this semester are submission based mm. so you know some people think that's good because you can do it in your own time but it's bad for me because I like to procrastinate and <laughs> if it's submission based right then I I means that I have to work towards a deadline which I hate rather than just you know suffering for one hour in the exam hall so yeah it's, it's been pretty bad um a lot of like um overdue stuff rushing against deadlines, you know, just very stressful. I, I think I think a lot of uni uh, students can identify with that. Um, yeah, so w- what do you guys think about, you know, our previous speaker last week? W- w- was there anything new that you learned? Well, I mean, for me, you know, it's, I, I certainly uh, learned a lot from him. Um, you know, oh, for, uh, for context, right, um, in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, um, we were talking to Felipe, and Felipe is a really, really multinational, international guy. So he has like three different nationalities. I think he's um he's from he has lived in Latin America. He's lived in Korea. He's lived in in America, and like a bunch of other places. And now he is finally studying in um Yellow NUS College um in our own university. So he has he has had. Um, varied experiences, and and I think one of the the most interesting things that um I've learned from Felipe is that you know Singapore is actually a really really safe country. So he was talking to us, you know, about um his experiences in in Latin America, or like his his parents' experiences in Latin America, and how dangerous it could be. And and I think sometimes you know we tend to take that safety for granted. What about you, Malavika? Yeah, I think safety is one of the biggest takeaways for me as well, because as Momo and Felipe mentioned, Singapore, we really take the safety for granted. And 
I think that's a recurring theme in all of our episodes till now is all of these guests bringing up the issue of safety. Uh, what about you, Matthew? I think um, I think it's to me it's not to trust your caregiver too much. Remember? <laughs> no, just, no, just kidding, just kidding. So like for context, uh, he, he uh, his his caregiver brought him to a Bible study <laughs> when he was six years old, and he was motivated by McDonald's. But in a way, like his parents didn't know what was going on. So hearing the experience, okay, that 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 was just more on a joke. But I think for me, it's how he how as an international student he actually doesn't really call anywhere home i think that's something that's very interesting because i think all of us will always identify like you know singapore or wherever as our home you know like where where we like miss the food we miss the culture but you know felipe has been moving everywhere so it's very interesting to see his side of the story in a sense of he doesn't call anywhere like like anywhere like um his safe space his haven per se so i would say yeah, I think that is a new perspective that we gained last week. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I think on a slightly tangential note, I think what was really interesting about Felipe was the way that, that he dressed. Like, I love his fashion choices. He came in, in like, slack, like, denim jeans and, like, like a singlet. And I've seen, oftentimes when I meet Felipe, like, outside, he's wearing this, like, really cool, like, Shawn Mendes, like, pearl necklace. I mean, unfortunately, he wasn't wearing that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought that, he, that, he, that his, the way that he dressed like looks very unique, and and perhaps possibly right, that could be a result of you know like the unique um experiences and, and mix of cultures that he's he's experienced in in previous countries. Mm-hmm. I know that you know in Singapore we always just wear like plain t shirt, like, cotton on, yeah, so yeah. Um, Malavika, why don't you talk uh, a little bit about, you know, introduce a little bit um, about today's speaker whom you've invited. Yeah, so today's speaker is Shashank. He's an AR2 biomedical engineering student and he's um, only come to Singapore to study in NUS. So he's only been here for about two years, on uh, a year. And um, before this, actually, his initial years were spent in the US and then he moved to India. So I think this episode will entail um, sort of an overview of what those cultures are like. And so, yeah, I think in the past two episodes, we've really gone over the US and the educational system, the cultures. And so this time, maybe we can, you know, maybe we'll get like a new view of India. And I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, that's this week's guest. Wait, Malavika, you're from India as well, right? Yeah, I am. So I'm actually, I moved here when I was four and uh, lived here ever since. So I'm really excited for you guys to get to know about my country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Maybe you can learn new things as well about your country talking to. Yeah, since I haven't lived there, I don't really have, you know, the full picture of the cultural scene. So I think this is going to be a learning lesson for me too. Yeah. Sounds fun. Sounds I'm actually fun. personally really, really excited to, to talk to to the person that we the guest today because it's the very first time that you know it, it, we have someone from Asia because all the time I mean he did live in America for a long time as well but I mean he's you know he spent a large proportion of his time in in Asia and I'm just very very interested to find out if you know like having a significant you know Asian background would would have um a, a significant like influence or a difference because the other two people that we we that spoke in our show were ostensibly very, very westernized and very Americanized. So let's see what um, our guest, you know, 
brings to the table today. Matthew, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think pretty excited because I actually don't know much about India. So, um, yeah, as in like the basic the basic knowledge of India is just what I see on the news or basically how I interact with my friends. So in a way, it's it's kind of interesting to get a first hand insight of how India is, and also like as 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 Douglas has put it. It's very interesting because, like, as you said, the previous two guests, I think they didn't live in a place extensively long enough, I would say. So, and for someone who lived in America for eight years and India for, I think, a pretty sizable amount of his life, I think it's very, yeah, it's very um, interesting because, as, as everyone has put it, like, immersed in their culture. So, um, I'm excited to see how his more than five years staying there has, you know, influenced his life. Yeah. Yep, okay, so maybe we can take a quick break and then jump back in with our guest. Sure, see you in a bit. Don't go anywhere. All right, everyone, welcome back from the break. You're listening to another episode of Go International, and today we have Shashank with us here. So, Shashank, why don't you um, introduce yourself a bit? Uh, hello, uh, I'm Shashank, year uh, two biomedical engineering. Uh, I stay in PGPR. Uh, I love music, everything about music, uh, writing, playing, listening to music. Uh, and yeah, I like uh, gaming as well. So where were you from before this, Shashank? So um, I was born in the US, uh, in New York, actually, New York City. Uh, and I lived there for seven years before moving to India for the other 10 years. And now I'm uh, here. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so... There's a very, very important question, which is your favorite place? Uh, it's, a, it's a toughie, it's a toughie. <laughs> I, I, uh, the, like, honestly, if you like graph the number of times I've answered that, like between India and US, it would be probably like a 50-50, depending on who's asking. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like having stayed here for a while, I have to say India. There's just something about like home and home, fo- home food, <laughs> home food most of all. Uh, and like, yeah, it really makes you miss, uh, miss home and, uh, Especially when you're far away and by yourself and and struggling with with studies. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. actually quite an interesting um uh, statement that you've made because you know our previous two guests who came to speak, you know they they never really had a, a strong conceptualization of what home meant. Like they were very very cosmopolitan and they just said that home was wherever you know they felt most comfortable in whichever country that they were traveling to, but. For you, one noticeable thing that I think is quite significant is that when you see that you see home with a very strong sense of conviction. Oh, yeah, you gotta you gotta know when home is like very very. I think I think that's important for like a sense of identity as well. Sorry, Mother Vika, you wanted to say something. No, yeah, no. I was just going to build up on the food. So you know, you said you would really miss home food. So what can I ask? What's your favorite food from India? Of course. Uh, I'm a I'm a South Indian. I'm a Tamilian, so I gotta I gotta say the holy sambar. <laughs> uh, sambar, yeah. <laughs> you don't get you don't get good sambar anywhere outside like a like a hundred kilometer radius in like Chennai near Chennai. After that, after that, it's just average sambar. <laughs> right, as a, yeah. as, a, as a a non Indian, I mean, I know what sambar is. Like, could you describe? Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, I was a bit lost as well. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really so sambar is like um actually like you guys might be able to relate better than like white friends it's like um uh, essentially like a lentil broth it's like uh like a lentil soup with like vegetables and like 
uh, a lot of spice and it's it's like a like a staple in south indian households like my house would have it at least like every day a different kind so it's something that i grew up with and like yeah, i really miss it <laughs> do you just eat sambar alone or do you eat it with something you can eat it with everything you can eat it with rice with like uh, pancakes uh, in the morning you can eat it with like uh, rotis or parathas or eat it with anything <laughs> so like as you say you miss uh, food a lot at home. So, actually, what do you eat in Singapore? Do you find Indian food comparable, or at least, <laughs> at least, <It's> a great <laughs> at least we can eat somewhere there? So, so this question is even more relevant because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so, uh, ah. it's, uh, it's it's a struggle, especially on campus where there's not a lot of vegetarian options. Um, it's it's a little bit of a struggle sometimes. But um, yeah, uh, Subway, a lot of Subway, a lot of a lot of Indian food. Um, and yeah, to answer that other question, I think Indian food is okay here. <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't wanna make anybody make anybody angry or anything, but it's okay. It's not, it's not bad. But you know, once you when you grow up in India, anywhere else, Indian food doesn't taste. <laughs> Still doesn't hit like how it tastes at home for sure, right? You know, have you ever? I I've been told. I'm not sure how true this is, but and I for I don't know, I, I could be wrong. But someone I thought I heard someone told me that like roti prata was invented in Malaysia or something. Is, is there roti prata in India? Okay, so <laughs> whenever whenever anybody brings up this whole roti prata concept, it, it just it just lights a fire inside of me a little bit. <laughs> um, so, see, like, the concept of, like, a roti is as, like, a bread is very, very Indian, I would say. Definitely not Malaysian. But the way that you guys pronounce, like, prata rather than our, like, parota is, like, I think a derivation in, like, a different dough, a different preparing style, a different thing to eat with it. So, it's not entirely wrong. But like as an Indian, I'm like, don't take our stuff, man. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what's a, a parotta then? Like, is it is it very different from a prata? It's yeah, yeah. So so from what I've known here, prata, it's um, it's it's like texture is different, right? Like you can imagine like um, uh, a croissant versus like a baguette. That kind of texture mm-hmm. difference is what like this prata is versus like Indian. Prata. It's very very airy, very. Very unhealthy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay, so have you, now that you've been in Singapore for a year, have you had the chance to explore the local cuisine? What, is there anything that you really like? Yeah, there's a, there's a perfect answer I have prepared for this. Mala. <laughs> I, uh, oh, mala. I do be eating a lot of mala. <laughs> the great thing about mala is as a vegetarian, I can put whatever I want in it. So I can like, Eat mala without any like worrying about oh my god ve- vegetable non vegetable oil my parents are gonna be mad. <laughs> okay, quick question: Have you tried supper stretch? I have, I have, yes. Is it good? Supper stretch, the supper stretch Indian food particularly was very nice. I like that very much. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, the Amins, I think it was called. I haven't been there in a while. Oh, Amins, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so where's your where's your favorite mala? Sorry. Where's your My favorite, favorite mala is the BGP mala. I gotta represent. <laughs> Wait, have you tried Tamati mala? I have not. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. you try. I get mala. I'm usually with like on-campus friends, so it's either U Town or Techno or BGP. Right. I haven't really tried much right. else. So, are you a spicy kind of person, Xiaola, Tala? No. I am very Xiaola. I cannot handle spice at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's so different from like so many Indians, though, because so many Indians like revel in spice. Like we can't. Go without spicy food. It's because of my American upbringing. I'm white on the inside. It's like I can't. All, all I want, all I want for dinner is a is a KFC. Is not KFC. 
But it's a McDonald's vegetarian vegetarian burger. Yeah. <laughs> with like with like no taste except just for the cheese and the oil. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean you've you've tried since you've tried um um you know like supper stretch before, which is ostensibly, you know, Singapore's ver- a Singapore sad version of street food. Well what's street food in India like then? Great, great question. Great question. <laughs> so there's so there's so many options. Uh, I uh, I think the best one that uh, is like recognizable as well is pani puri. Uh, I think a lot of people know like or at least it's called gol gappa, which is it's essentially just like a fried dough ball and you put like really really spicy fluid and like potatoes in it and then you just eat it like on the on the street. <laughs> the great the great thing about pani puri is like it's it's like a wet experience. Like you go with friends, you get like twenty of them and then you just have like a sad little plate and it just drips all over your hands and face. That sounds. Hmm. Right. Like, so, like, sorry, sorry. Please go ahead, Malavika. Yeah. So, so you know how how did you find the moving on from food? Because I think we've talked about that for quite a bit. Um, how, how did you find the adjustment process? You've relocated relocated majorly twice in your life now, right? From US to India and then India to Singapore. So, how did you find that? Uh, yeah, so when I was, when I relocated from the US, the first one, I was eight years old. So it's like, um, and, and especially because my parents are Indian, right? Like proper, proper conservative Indians. So the whole process was built for me as sort of like, okay, you're going from somewhere where you were maybe not as fit into somewhere you'll finally like belong, you know, like somewhere that like where people are like you, right? So that process I think was much easier. Whereas when I came here, um, it was definitely tough. I'll say the first month uh, was was pretty hard, especially because I uh, was in Raffles Hall. Uh, not to not to say Raffles Hall wasn't uh, wasn't great. It was it was a great experience. But the problem is a lot of locals are in Hall, and it's it's like even starker than if I had come to PGP, for example. So I think I think that also helped uh, me get a taste of what the culture was like, what the people wanted to interact like, what their what their uh, how they went about their day. So. Yeah, it was a culture shock, but you know, it's good now. I I I I really do like the place and the vibes now. Mm, so like as, as you said, like you know, there's a like compared like you stay in Raffles Hall, there's a lot of like locals and how do so how do you feel about like interacting with our locals? Do you feel like there's a major culture shock per se? Because like I'm pretty sure a lot of us are like Chinese or maybe even Singaporean. Yeah. Right, right. Uh I think as for like locals, I, I, I've made a lot of Singaporean friends, but it is definitely a culture shock, right? Like just, just from the way I talk, I, I will get recognized. I will get like looked at in the bus for like having an accent. <laughs> so it's, it's something you have to adapt to, but it's also like, I, I, I try to think of it as a positive, right? It's like, you don't have to do anything in addition to stand out. You don't have to try something different. You don't have to try something new. Uh, all you have to do is, embrace your own identity and try to try to like acknowledge what people are feeling and how they um, acknowledge, like respond to you within their space. So it's fun. Like I do, I do really like how, how the local like life is, the scene is, I, I enjoy it very much. I see. So on the topic of, of like culture shock, you know that, you know, Singapore is, is a multiracial, multicultural like, city, right? And, and there are, there is a significant population of, of, of Indians in Singapore. So I'm just curious, like when you interact with, Singaporean Indians, do you, do you then feel like there is a culture shock or, or is, is there no culture shock at all? 
this is a, this is a tricky subject. <laughs> one of my one of my Singaporean Indian friends is gonna hear this and be like, uh, but yeah, um, I think it's more so, uh, more so than um, Indian versus Chinese. I think it's just like. I'd say I agree with your point more so for international students because international people here largely have the same experience I do, which is that kind of culture shock regardless of their race. Um, and on the other hand, locals here also have a very similar experience regardless of their race. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's a huge difference versus Indians, but I'd be amiss if I didn't say that it's easier for me to vibe with people who either speak the same language or have the same experiences, right? I mean, that's just true for everyone. Okay, so. Well, you know, apart from that, is there one is there one thing that in Singapore that stood out as like a major culture shock when you came here? Is there one thing that Singaporeans do, or is there one thing that you know that that's like so different from India that you were like surprised to see when you came here? Honestly, my bigger culture, my biggest culture shock was how similar Singapore is to India. <laughs> I thought right. I really, you know, Singapore was built for me as like I came here like oh my god, you know, big fancy. Uh, first world country not to be not to be crass about it but you know big uh, you know big money the big things big buildings and like it's very as somebody who came from a background where I was a lot of my 11th and 12th life was based around studying for JE and like those college entrance exams and it was like so startling to see that even here people place so much emphasis on like academics and stuff because like it kind of feels I kind of felt like yo <laughs> am I more of a local than like other international friends who don't have that kind of experience so <laughs> I think, yeah, the the whole academic, the the em- emphasis on academics is like prevalent throughout Asia. I feel, and so that's what's so different about you know our guests from the past two weeks. They they came from re- more Western backgrounds, and so you know they didn't have that. They were quite. Sh- they I, I mean I don't think they were quite shocked, but I think they for them they found that to be quite distinct in Singapore. Right, right. So yeah. So you, you know you, you talked about similarities between Singapore and your and, and India because you know ultimately they're both Asian countries but was there were there any like stark differences right right uh hey this, this place is clean <laughs> that's uh, that's the starkest difference I can tell you I've lived in I've lived in like decently affluent India no I, I can't say I've lived in like slums and stuff because that's not fair to people who have actually lived there but India has a lot of people and with a lot of people comes a lot of people stuff like garbage and, and politics and judgment and racism. And India is a great place. I love India probably more than any place in the world. But coming to somewhere here and seeing how like different like two societies that are so close together, like so so geographically close together can be, um, even when having such similar populations of like um, Indians or like, you know, Asian people. And it's like, it's, it's really, it's really interesting for me, at least like from a Western perspective, because I, I, I've seen that, right? Like the US, the India, and, and it's not like a scale. It's like the US, the in, uh, India, and then Singapore. It's like three whole different worlds and like just uh, each unique and beneficial and like uh, disadvantages in their own way. So the whole cleanliness, the whole discipline, the whole listen to rules <laughs> is very, very surprising for me here. <laughs> Sorry, just to jump in there, I think you... You mentioned something about racism in India. I, th- I think that, that that perplexes me a lot because I, I didn't think of India as like a multiracial society. So do you know elaborate a bit more on that? Oh sure. Uh I don't think I don't think anybody thinks of India as racist because they're like, oh yo, you're 
you know, who, who are you being racist against <laughs> without being crass? But uh, I think the problem with, uh, not not the problem, the, the problem with having a lot of people is, like I said, you get a lot of judgment and it's very difficult to regulate, um, especially since India is what, the biggest democracy in the world, right? You got to let people talk. And if you let people talk, a lot of people are going to say mean things. So it's, I think it's better than it is in like places like the US. If I were to talk about racism in the US, that's a whole one-hour rant on its own. <laughs> but in India, it it's there. You know, you can't you can't say it isn't. A lot of people like to say it isn't. But it's more of the silent variety. It's not nobody's gonna come up to your face in public and do it. It's it's maybe somebody's marking you down in a government exam because because of your caste or your or or your race or something. And I like personally, because I wrote the college entrance exams, right? So for me. To to um to get a seat in a particular university for mechanical engineering, I would have to get like a rank of one thousand four hundred. But a girl candidate with the exact same qualifications would have to get seven thousand six hundred, and a scheduled cast would have to get twenty six thousand. So, is it instit- is it institutionalized? Is it just you know we got to do it because if they oppressed us, we got to somehow bounce back? It's a it's a complex thing, right? Right. I think that's like not prevalent. I mean, as in like the caste issue is, I think, definitely like most prevalent in India. It's, we, I don't think any, like, I don't think Matthew and Douglas can relate to that at all. Like, <laughs> nope, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, no, no, you guys are seriously, seriously privileged. I do have to, I like telling every Singaporean that like, it's, it's, re- it's really a blessing to grow up here and so much, surrounded by so much respect. It's really, really unique. Hmm. Speaking of the caste like issue, is is it? I I heard of that before. I I know what like a, a dalit is, but I'm not very clear of what that exactly means. Like, is it something that is is really really entrenched and prevalent, or does it not matter to you at all? It's something that was really important in India's past because of independence and colonial rule and the way we evolved as a nation. I think now it's not as much of an issue. It's go. It's slowly dying down, but it you know it's still there. It's like the ugly, the ugly head of slavery in the U.S. You could, it's it's not it's not something people are talking about now, but it doesn't really go away. Actually, it's quite similar to that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a difference between uh, some some uh, you could say like I don't I don't think I want to go comparing it to the U.S. So that's a whole other trajectory. <laughs> I don't, don't want to lead you guys down that path. <laughs> so maybe like as, as you say, like um, U.S. So like. Like as as you said, like you've grown up, uh, you you lived in grown up in US. So like, how was treatment there for you? Was the racism as blatant as how the media portrays it? Uh, that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. Actually, so before I came back to Singapore in in August, I stayed in the US in in San Francisco oh. for uh, a month with my aunt. And um, the thing about the US, right? Especially in this pandemic, it's exposed so many things about them. Is um, I, I, I let me talk about the mask whole, the whole mask issue. Everybody's heard of it, right? Mm. It's like, um, you know, if you don't wear a mask in public, you're like, oh, bro. <laughs> so, I want to wear a mask because I don't want to get the virus. So I wear a mask in public, and I have brown skin. And when I walk around, people are going to give me six feet of distance on either side, and not and try not to get close to me, even if they're walking on the sidewalk. They will go onto the road and and then go back later. <laughs> And this isn't like this isn't a story you hear from like a movie or something. This is something that happened a couple of months ago. <laughs> oh, and you gotta come to terms with it. You know, people have different experiences in life. People have different ways of perceiving 
other people. And the only thing we can do is try to be, try to be nice, try to be open, try to be like, hey, yo, uh, you ju- judge me, judge me, blah, blah, you know. Brown skin, brown, brown on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds like a, like a really, really interesting story that I'm sure that we will love to continue later on. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to continue with this story, please do not go anywhere because we'll be right back. See you in a bit. Yeah. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go International. With us here is Shashank, and we'll be continuing from where we left off just now. Oh, by the way, during the break, we had a really, really juicy conversation with Shashank. And, and Shashank, you know, told us a little bit uh, about bodyguards. So why don't you continue on that story? Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a funny story. So when I was, uh, I, I visit Chennai a uh, couple of times a year. Uh, at least before COVID, because um, my grandparents lived there, my dad's side. And uh, one time when we were going to Chennai, there was there's this really, really, really famous actor uh, called Kamal Hassan. And I don't know if uh, a lot of people, a lot of Indians will know him. You guys might not, unfortunately. But he's a he's like a artist of an actor. He's like a uh, like a Michael Bublé <laughs> of actors. Uh, so so we we end up running into him at the airport. I don't know how. I think my dad had like a business class thing. I don't, I, I don't know what, what fortune that has him. And um, so, so me being the 12 year old kid, the kid that I was, I ran over with them with a little pad and like, oh, bro, I'm your biggest fan. Give me your autograph. This, this. And uh, I ended up being stopped by like this enormous guy in like a black suit and like tie, like, like actual movie style. And he's like, like, I'm tiny, right? Like even, even as an eight year old, I'm, I'm as a 12 year old, I'm tall, but I'm tiny compared to that dude. That was like six foot six. And like, he just stops me and like put a hand on. I was like, uh, "Why do you? Why? Why are you? Why are you running towards? <laughs> what do you want?" Uh, but like in in, in Tamil, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm like a scared kid. I'm just like, <laughs> so my parents end up coming and like talking to him. Uh, he was probably he was probably gonna like send me to the cops or something. He probably thought I had like a like a knife in my hand and I was running towards towards Kamal said. But yeah, I ended up I ended up not getting the not getting the autograph. Oh no! Even though the bodyguard took the notepad later and um, said that he would give it to him, I never got it back. Oh man! Oh, maybe you, maybe you should slide into his uh, Twitter or DM like, "Hi, I'm the twelve-year-old kid that." <laughs> it'd be so, it'd be it'd be so in character for him to remember to be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Having lived in three countries, like which would you say is most like, I guess culturally rich? That's a that's a bit, that's a bit of a no brainer for anybody who knows India. India has a lot of has a lot of stuff, uh, and India's culture is just eons and de- and like centuries of of beautiful literature and poetry and art and movies and everything. I think like my favorite my favorite part of like Indian culture is is definitely like Tamil movies. As a Tamil, I think I've watched every major actor Tamil actors movies from 1995 to like 2015 and when I say every major actor I mean like 10 or 12 actors <laughs> oh. that's a lot of movies it is, it is a lot of movies that's that's actually one of the major ways like me and my family bonded uh, when we like in this pandemic when we were all locked down we watched so many old Tamil movies it was great I, th- I think you know like to, to contrast that with Singapore a little bit I, I think that 
you know, India compared to Singapore is, is really, really culturally rich. Because, like, especially in the movie scene, I mean, especially since you have, you know, like, Bollywood and stuff. But then in Singapore, we have, like, what? The, the fifth rendition of Our Boys to Men coming out. <laughs> Our Girls to something. Yeah. No, literally, there, there is a fifth rendition of Our Boys to Men coming out. And it's going to be, like, focused on women now. And it's just so... Ugh, a little bit depressing. Enough you know? is enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my friend made me watch like half of that one. I thought I thought it was funny. I I, I liked it. <laughs> you survived. <laughs> like, like, like for me, it's like novel too. Like, oh shit! Like, because I know nothing about like that whole national service concept and be like, like, it's it's just so alien to me. And then I think I think like guys are so strong for going through that. Here, honestly, like I could never. <laughs> hmm. Do you think that Singapore is culturally rich too, or or is it just really bland? You can be honest, it's okay. <laughs> what if you phrase it like that? <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay. A lot of us think it's culturally bland. I want to know, like, from... Your I don't think it's bland, but it's certainly not not a, a super rich place. And I think that's because it's built out of, like, immigrants, the same way that the US is. Like, India has a very native people. And, it, like, you know an Indian, and the Indian will always know, like, what proper Indian food is and proper Indian languages. But Singapore and the US and those kind of places are built out of immigrants and built out of like a, a like a diaspora. And for that, it's very hard to establish like your own kind of unique culture because every one of those people has their own motherland culture. So I think I think it's really I think it's really interesting, at least somebody who was brought up in the US, to see like just so many different things mixed into one instead of one definite culture. I think it's really interesting. Hmm. And I just thought you mentioned that like um about like culture, like do you think like as you said, you your aunt stays in India? Am I right to say that? Yes. So, sorry, sorry. Can your 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 aunt stays in India. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kinda, not really. <laughs> so, kinda. <laughs> so so how how do you find like maybe like those like you know how how does you know like living in the US versus like maybe just living in India like I know like you know one is a minority, one is a one is not the minority, right? So, like, how do you think, like, culturally that differs, and how that, how has it, like, you know, like, you know, impacted your growth? You could say as a as an Indian, right, right. Um, you know, the the uh, there's a category of like uh, specific people like me who were born in the U.S. and like have super Indian roots and like live their main adult life in India. It's called ABCD, American born confused Desi. And that term has been applied to me a lot. <laughs> it's it's like it's like it's like a qualification after my name at this point. It's like just just B E A B C D. But um, I think one of the main factors you learn when you're growing up in the U.S. is just um, how to deal with people that aren't uh, aren't like you. Because the U.S. there'll be you'll have a, a, a Caucasian next door. You'll have a European. You'll have like a like a New Zealander, you'll have an African, you'll have an Indian as neighbors. And it's, it's a really great place to learn tolerance, to learn, to learn respect and all those things. And I think, especially like the way that my dad brought me up in the US, uh, he had the option to move us back to India, but he preferred to stay in the US for the first few years so that we could get that kind of respect. Because in India, I'm not saying we wouldn't get it. It'll be much harder for us to get it because we're seeing people that are exactly like us. We can't empathize with people that are different. And that definitely helps me like adapt to, to college in a different country. So, you know, you especially um, in terms of culture, you said that India and America, you've been in very, very diverse places, basically. You've, been in, you've lived in India, you've in America, you lived in, in Singapore, and ostensibly, you know, the cultures are, are very, very diverse. And, you know, I think that culture is also related very strongly to the types of relationships that you have with people. So, like, 
you know, familial relationships or even relationships um, with like a romantic partner of interest. So what, what do you tell us a bit more about how, you know, relationships are different in each country? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, in the US, when I was growing up, I think most of my relationships were, um, how do I say this? It's, it's like exploratory, I could say. It's because I'm a, I'm a accented brown child in a very, very white neighborhood, which is, I mean, New York City, guys, like suburban New York City. It's extremely white. <laughs> and it's, it's like you have to learn. I, I don't know. You sort of just automatically ad, like get an understanding of yourself and like an acceptance that, okay, I'm different. And you kind of want to say to yourself, oh, should I do something about that? Or should I? Should I, is, is it their fault? Is it my fault? You know, there's always that kind of, that kind of um, questioning you have on yourself. And I think that affects relationships very much, especially in the US where a lot of my relationships were naturally with white people. And it's difficult to, to keep that aside when you're talking to them, just respect them as, a, as respect them obviously, but just communicate with them as a person instead of communicating with them as a white person, talking to a brown person. It's hard to put that aside. In India, it's so much easier. That's why so many of my friends are Indian. And it is it is racist in a way to say that because, well, you, you, I should be accepting. I should be tolerant. But at the end of the day, I think everybody has that guilty guilty um, thing that they'll admit that it's easier to interact with your own race. And therefore, my relationships in India, romantic or friendly or familial, all of them were are largely based in India that have an impact on my life. And I talked to, I've had friends. I have one friend, actually that I know um, for, I've known for eight years. Uh, and he, we went to the same high schools together. Um, and he's studying in the US right now and I'm studying here. And I still call him, I think almost every day. And it's, it's, it's a really, really foundational relationship and it's very core to my identity as a person. Okay, so you know how they say that, you know, America is, is very liberal, you know, they call it the wild, wild west. And then, you know, generally Asian countries are portrayed as being much more conservative and I know that um, in some Indian cultures um, like that the concept of arranged marriages is, is very prevalent as well Ooh. so do, do you find that difference very pertinent Ooh. bring up arranged marriage and <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to get me into a debate here <laughs> uh, I, have a great, I have a great story about this actually so my mom's sister um, lives in the US she's lived in the US for the last 30 years my mom obviously lives with us in India um, and my mom's sister has two children. Uh, one of the children was of quote unquote marriageable age. And this, this particular guy, he is a very independent, he's, he was born in the US and brought up there his entire life. He's very independent. He's very capitalistic. He's very go for the throat, get every opportunity kind of guy. And I respect that very much about him. But the problem with that is you don't really have what in India is known as family values. <laughs> so... So my, my mom's sister with the whole gang decided to try to get an arranged marriage for him. And uh, he did what is known as a proper rejection. <laughs> he, he, he did that. <laughs> and like, it's, it was so funny for me because like my mom's looking over at me, right? They're like, that's going to be you in 10 years, right? You're not even going to listen to us. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like, and she's like, you won't even ask me before you marry somebody. I won't have an opinion also. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll ask you, I guess. But like, fam. <laughs> and it's difficult to take that away from my mom. Because she's, 
she's very very indian and she's very very conservative at her core and like she's great because of that if you can't take that away from an indian um yeah so in 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 terms of i guess okay we can cut out, we can cut out this break okay, sorry sorry i thought that matthew uh, wanted to, to speak but we, we can cut oh, this out sorry sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> okay pause okay resume okay. okay sorry so um shashang just to, to to follow up on that a little bit like do you what about in, in singapore do you think what about your are your relationships in singapore any better than you know in america or in um india especially because you know singapore is an asian country but we are also quite westernized in a sense yeah that's a, that's a great question and uh, that's definitely true this is i i like saying to people who don't know about singapore like a lot of my indian old relatives i like saying to them singapore is kind of a bridge before between india and the us it gives you the exposure the freedom the 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 thinking of the west without letting go of like what i think are very asian things like like conservatism and and family values and and working hard and and grinding to get the bag and stuff like that right these are very asian things and because of that i think i fit in really really well i i some people might say not but i i fit in really really well i think in singapore because of that bridge between india and the us and because i have that kind of hanging here hanging there abcd kind of vibe it's very um easy for me to fit in here where there's also a sort of half here half there you know maybe half between like china or india and half between the us or europe and it's it's a great it's a great thing for me to to empathize with that because local singaporeans especially like local singaporeans who have been through similar life experiences as me it's so easy for me to relate to them and communicate with them some like honestly in many cases easier than my indian friends because they have that same us influence background that i have which indian friends do not have and it's it's in that way much easier to relate to them than indian friends okay so maybe we can talk about something a bit lighter um what coming back to singapore what's one quality of singapore you mentioned cleanliness but what's one quality of singapore that you really like Uh, I I like Singapore's uh, I think I think I mentioned this before also. I like Singapore's respect. Singapore has a lot of and and its people have a lot of respect for people. And I think that like I in my growing up life I have often been deprived of a lot of respect and a lot of basic respect that like anybody should deserve and anybody should earn. And it's not always because of racism, it's not always because of color of my skin. it could be cuz of my accent it could be cuz i don't fit in somewhere that i i moved into a new school that people were in their entire lives and it's it's easy it's easier in a place where you get respect without having to 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 earn it or work for it and i really respect that also and to follow up malavika's question why is something that you don't like about singapore <laughs> you know one thing that i really don't like is how how regular singapore is it's like it's like you took one puzzle piece and you iterated it 20 times every time you come out of an mrt station if you don't know which station it was if you fell asleep you won't know where you are every outside of the mrt station like like suburban at least looks the exact same <laughs> and i like in comparison to like the us right san francisco you know san francisco you know the bay you know the bridge you know the like suburbs you know the big high rises you know the golden state warriors arena like you know that 
you, you, you don't really get that vibe here. And that the city wasn't planned that way. The city doesn't exist that way, but still something that I uh, don't really like. <laughs> You know, I, same, I, right? I, I, have to, I have to really, really agree with you on that. Because even as a Singaporean, again, no shade to Chachukang or anything, but when I am visiting my friends in Chachukang, I always get so lost because it's just row after row after row of identical looking Asians. And I, I, I just don't know where I'm going because, you know, all this, it's like a grid and like all the streets look the same. But maybe to just ask you like a follow-up question on that. You know, so you, you, th- you say that, that the buildings and, and the locations all look the same, but do you think that Singaporeans are very much the same then. Do you see, like, like you know, like, if, if you play video games, you, it, like, um, especially if it's like, I don't know if you've played like um, GTA or what, sometimes you see the same character very often because they just use the same skins. Yeah, yeah same sprites for the like, NPCs. Like, do you think the Singaporeans are like that? Those are some risky questions. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, to a degree, to a de- if I'm being fully honest, to a degree. Um, because, it's a super small place, right? It's like it's like if you put if you put mice in a box for twenty years, eventually they all become the same color or something like that. I in some evolution type book I remember reading, and it's like it's similar to that, right? If you have such a small place and you have a small populace and it's confined and it's such a I won't say bubble, but it's it's kind of like a bubble, right? And like it's very easy to to become homogeneous, and I think that happens to some people, not all people. A lot of people have very unique, very interesting personalities, but I think that does happen to some people and it's very noticeable when it happens. I'm sure like you guys agree with when I say that it's very noticeable when it happens, but that's okay. You know, like you don't have to have a personality. You can be generic and you can like the popular stuff and you can go about life just fine, but it is definitely something that exists. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, um, I think we touched upon like education and educational systems, but how do you compare the three systems that you've been in, the US and the Indian and the Singaporean system? Also, also a good question. The US system, I think, is largely predicated on liberal arts education. They want you to they want to give you a holistic education. They they like every US college curriculum will have at least five or six arts classes, anthropology, philosophy, psychology. Like we have G GMs, right? They don't have GM, they have GMs and then they have arts modules. They have a very, very diverse liberal arts education. India is <laughs> India like Singapore. India has engineering <laughs> and medicine. <laughs> and and uh, and a lot of people who do engineering and medicine and, and a lot of science and not a lot of English. <laughs> But, you know, India's, that's why India makes all the engineers. That's why India's got all the CEOs because they, they got the technical skills. Singapore, I think, is, again, a bridge between them. You got a lot of, I'm, I'm so happy that an Asian country like Singapore has so much emphasis on, like, liberal arts and, like, actual people who do, like, humanities and, like, pure sciences even, uh, instead of, like, engineering and medicine. Because it's so easy for that Asian mindset to just be like, do engineering, do computer science, get big money, be happy in life, right? Chill out, relax in life. It's it's difficult to see that kind of <laughs> it's difficult to see that kind of US based uh, um, freedom and do what you want and pick what you want right and yeah I think see Singapore is still an Asian country it's you're not gonna get the US twenty five arts class but it's definitely better than just the engineering and medicine you see in India. Hmm. 
So like as as like you are year two, I think you are like me and Malavika, Zoom University in NUS. Yay! So actually, oh. so actually, how 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 do you find like you know like you know not meeting face to face with a lot of people? Like, how do you find like the difficulty of coping? You know, like especially like you are in a new country, you are meeting new friends. Yeah. So like, how do you how do you go about doing that? It's really tough. It it really is tough, and it's just such pain every time I hear the word Zoom University. <laughs> but uh, I've tried to make an effort more. So I think in hall it helped me a lot, especially because you had all the face to face CCs and all last semester. Um, and this semester I have a lot of academic face to face stuff that is helping me as well. But it's it's so actually you know what? Uh, yesterday I had a face to face exam after like a year and a half. I only wrote my boards. Uh, that face to face in like March 2020, and the vibe of just talking to your friends before the exam and after the exam, and just like seeing your entire cohort, most of whom you know by blank names on a screen, is it's like really emotional in a way, actually, because it's like, bro, these are people I'm supposed to know, like the, these are the people I'm supposed to be the closest to. I'm seeing you for the first time because of a chemistry exam. <laughs> it's bro, rough. I feel so hard, bro. I feel so hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we're getting back. You know, res- resilient uh, COVID endemic. All the all the buzzwords. Hopefully, we have face to face classes soon. Yeah, definitely. Okay, maybe just to to end off on a light note, right? Very very light question. Okay, because you asked you so many serious like social issues, <laughs> but have you you know? So we have talked to um, a variety of different speakers um in the past, but they they all were. They were both white. Okay, basically, they, they, they were very, very westernized. And as a result, their palette was also very, very western. But you you have been um, had a very significant exposure to Asian palettes like in Singapore and in India. So this one like cheeky question. Have you tried durian and what do you think of it? Uh, that is a cheeky question. <laughs> I I don't care for it, brothers. I cannot. <laughs> it not, not is even not the desserts. <laughs> Not, not for me. I do not know why you guys like that. Not for me. But do, do you hate it? Or is it just a meh? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Don't worry. Not you're, a, you're not the only one here. I think Douglas idea. and Malavika. And Malavika haven't tried it yet. I haven't but. tried it. Bro, you like live here. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried it. No, but Douglas just, hates it. No, I love it. What do you mean? I Wait, you. I thought you said last time you didn't like it. No, I love durian. What do you mean? Wait, the smell. You say you're going to take the smell, right? <laughs> Being politically correct. It was Malavika who didn't like it. Not yeah, either. I didn't like the smell. Uh, I mean, yeah. Nobody likes the smell. You can't like that smell. I love the smell. <laughs> you're just weird, Matthew. Oh. <laughs> you like, you like, like, that's like saying you like the smell of petrol, bro. <laughs> no, no. It's not a good smell. It's, it's a okay. bad smell. It's okay. Okay, wait. I'm just weird, maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe let's all jump into the durian smell debate. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> All right, so uh, we unfortunately we've come to the end of this session, but thank you so much, Shashan, for for joining us today. And um, but unfortunately, like we we have to end off. So we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye 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 bye.